0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and this is part two of our conversation with Hannah Terry. Um, For those who haven't listened to part one, part one is all about Hannah's journey through high school, recruiting, Figuring out she wanted to play collegiate lacrosse and and a lot more. Um, so go back to episode one hundred and one and listen to that. This episode is all about Hanny, Hannah's not Hanny, Hannah's journey um, through injury and um you know working through an ankle injury, knee injury, um, dealing with a lot in terms of her nervous system and explaining, describing what a syndrome is, just all of the things I think Hannah has really experienced a lot in a short amount of time. And what I found so empowering and inspiring is her resilience through it all and the ability to really look at head on, um, over time and, and work to heal and work to get the tools and the tips and the tricks that she needed to support her to get her in a place where she is really kind of enjoying enjoying life and taking it day by day and being more patient with herself and I just I loved chatting with Hannah and I know everyone listening is going to love it as well so let's get into part two right now Hannah, welcome back for part two of your story. I am so excited to get into it with you. Um, The audience, like based on the intro, kind of knows a little bit about you. So let's let's get right into it. What kind of has your story looked like, you know, after high school and then getting into collegiate athletics?
1: Yeah, so um, to start off there, I know we had a little time in between recording these, and I was able to do a lot of self-reflection, and I think the biggest part that I've learned is that I'm not going to fit my whole life into 45 minutes, um, so it, this is just like a little tidbit of my life. So after high school, I graduated and I graduated in 2020. So that was peak COVID. I graduated in the parking lot, um, which was honestly cool story to tell. Um I graduated next to my best friend. We did karaoke while we were waiting for to graduate. So that was awesome. Um, and then Hopkins, I so I go to Johns Hopkins now, which is the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Like my teammates are my sisters. My coaching staff is just so incredible. Like I can't even explain it. Um, but starting off my freshman year, they Hopkins decided to go online, so we weren't supposed to be um on campus and we're doing everything online so I had some cool experiences I got to go to Nantucket with a few of my teammates and then in that October 2020 I ended up moving down and I spent my freshman year in an apartment which was super funny because then sophomore year I transferred um (laughs) to a dorm so that was a little wake-up call but I mean this isn't primarily what this episode is about but just all of COVID and starting college like that obviously um, you learn a lot about yourself and it's just not necessarily a normal experience. So even though it did happen and it wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be, it definitely made those negatives into really big positives. And then, um, you know, it was an adjustment. We um, had a different coaching staff than we do now. Um, Janine Tucker, who's my older coach, was just an incredible human being and she still is. She's just like such a smiley upbeat person who like is, has taught us so many life lessons so definitely grateful for her and then also very grateful that our transition to our coaching staff now was so smooth and unbelievable um then just stop jumping to sophomore year um a little bit more challenging now we're like in the thick of college COVID still around um I ended up getting a concussion that season so that was um and that December of 2021 kind of had to figure out my stuff there. Um, was definitely again growing as a person. It's kind of like high school, but you're learning more about yourself. So, like I was able to find like my friends and like my teammates and I became a lot stronger um, relationship-wise. And I was so fortunate that I actually have um a really strong friend group off the team. Um, who are some non-athletes, um, some girls on field hockey, soccer, basketball., um, and I'm just so fortunate for that because it they support me and my team, and I do the same back to them. So I'm super fortunate for that.
0: Um, yeah, I I will say I love like building the support system and diff- with different like types. Of people, not just, like, from, like, different sports or non-sports, but, like, I think it always gives you such good perspective on things Mm because everyone values things differently. Um, Like, I've always found it's very grounding when I'm, like, worked up about something and someone's, like, why are you worried about that? Like, you know, and they can kind of, like, give you the support of, like, I'm here if you need to talk about it, but, like, let's look at it in the grand scheme of things because to them, right, it's, like, not a stressor um so I love that you kind of built yourself that support system
1: um and then no I'm so lucky I'm sure you can relate but it's just so unbelievable like the people I've met here um and like the change it's been since high school um but anyway just to finish up sophomore year so I definitely struggled a lot with like I didn't play as much COVID definitely took a toll on like me as a player I was trying to change my like playing form and not being necessarily who I was and also like getting injuries here and there. And like, it was just definitely a big learning curve. Um, I had some family stuff that year. So at the end of my sophomore year, I went and talked to our sports psychologist. He has um now started his own private practice, but Ari Miller, shout out, like an unbelievable human being. I just like have the, so I can't even put into words how incredible he is. But I talked to him, I was like, I really want to start Morgan's Message at Hopkins. And we needed a sponsor at the time, like a faculty advisor. And he was like, actually, a couple other athletes had come to me and talked about this. You should reach out. And I said, oh, okay. So then going into that summer, I was in Baltimore and I applied for the ambassador program of Morgan's Message. And I ended up meeting um, to other people who I hadn't really known. One was on field hockey, one was on track, and they know who they are. Um, I'm talking about it now, but we kind of just started branching Morgan's message at Hopkins, and it's been so awesome. Like, we have an exec board now of seven people, and um, we have our meeting today, our first GBM, and right now we have 92 members, which is crazy, I know. Um, So it was just like that whole summer. I was in Baltimore. I was taking Orgo. Um, working on Morgan's message and then preparing for that season. So that's kind of like the stop before uh, my whole injury experience. But yeah, and honestly, very ironic that I started Morgan's message right before I um, sustained my injury. And it's been something that I've leaned on a lot, and it's helped me a lot. So
0: yeah, that's a big Yes. our our hopkins crew is like so strong. We love love love. Um we might be also a little bit biased. Claire, one of our <laughs> co-founders, uh she just graduated nursing school. Well, I guess not just it's been a few months, but was at Hopkins. And so I feel like she was like a big like love love the Hopkins crew. Um that is I don't know if funny doesn't feel like the right word, but like I do think sometimes things are ironic when like you meet certain people or you learn certain things and then something happens in your life and you're like oh wow like this for whatever reason the thing the stars aligned and you having morgan's message like that feels like it's not you know just like a run of the mill coincidence mm-hmm. um let's talk about kind of your injury let's get like right into it okay so
1: um before i start <clears throat> right now um just to like preface, so I have something called complex regional pain syndrome. Um, a syndrome in medicine means that, and again, I'm not a doctor, but this is what I've learned. Um, so anything I say today, don't like take medical advice from me, don't like yeah. disclaimer, yeah. Research <laughs> and stuff, but I've I've learned a lot. Um complex regional pain syndrome. So syndrome in medicine, um, to my understanding means that there is not um a like concrete idea of how the um, thing has come about and there's no exact cure for it. So syndrome is kind of like this term that um, medical professionals in that world use to um, kind of put a label onto it, but there's not a hundred percent sure what's going on. So I'm going to be talking about complex regional pain syndrome. Um, so start off. I, so I was here my end of my sophomore year into the summer, taking organic chemistry, living in Baltimore, um, I was lucky my entire friend group most of my friends were here my team some of my teammates were here it was great um, we had just transitioned um, CT uh, coach Tucker had just finished um, an amazing career as a coach and um, we were transitioning to a new coaching staff at the time and again like I couldn't I can't explain how lucky I am to have these people in my life like CT and our old coaching staff to like our now staff, coach Tim Dorr, uh, Graz and Jill are just like the most amazing people and like Strength coaches, uh, trainer, like they've helped me out. Um, when I was starting the story, I had been struggling. I had not played a lot um, in the past. I'd been working extremely hard to get onto the field, and I decided, you know what, this summer, I'm gonna work out with our old strength coach, Coach B, who is incredible. He also since moved on. He's um, working at a different university now, but he's shout out like such an amazing person. But I had been working out with him all summer to get in the best shape, like make sure when I was coming in this season, like this was gonna be my time. I'm gonna take all the tools I learned and like this is gonna be my time to shine. And I'm gonna make sure like I'm bettering my team. Um so of course my last uh workout with him for I I take my final for Orgo. I'm going on a little baby family vacation. Um I fall in my last set of warm-up on the last rep. Immediately I go down um and he's, like, a strong guy, and, like, I don't cry. So, like, I'm not crying, but I'm looking at him, and he immediately ran over to me, and we were, like, "There's this is not good, whatever just happened. I basically rolled my ankle in instead of out while I was doing um, a single-leg jump. And, again, like, I'm strong at this point. Like, I had been working out all summer. <laughs> um, so he's an amazing person. He took me immediately to um a PT group that worked with his, like, strength and conditioning. They were like, you need to go to a doctor immediately. So they, again, like worked with doctors, orthopedic surgeons immediately sent me to one. So I went to a knee doctor because it was my knee and my ankle that was just like my left side, not good. Um, so I immediately, I got an MRI that day and like my strength coach again, he's, um, a father to three girls and like such a girl dad, like stayed with me throughout it, like waited for me, the MRI. And I'm like, you don't have to do this. And he said, "I'll no, always remember this. If one of my girls had this happen to them, I would want their strength coach or whoever was with them to stay there as an adult figures so that they're not alone through this. So like, again, just like the people around me, helped me so much. So I got the MRI that day. Um, it came back that I had bone bruises on my knee. Um, but again, like that's just like a month of recovery and they diagnosed me with high ankle sprains. So I go about my business. I'm um, whatever. I come back to school. I go back to the doctor. I'm like, my knee is feeling a lot better, but like my ankle really hurts. I-, I was in a boot and they're like, okay, let's send you the ankle guy just so you can like get that checked out. Um, So I get an MRI of my ankle and my life is just like this. And like my friends and everyone who knows me can kind of attest to this, but the MRI comes back. I have an extra bone in my foot. Didn't know I Lovely. had one. I know, right? Um, it was completely shattered. Um, and I had a haggling, haggling deformity on my heel. If you want to Google that, go for it. Um, so basically my heel just looks different than other people's and a very, very, very tiny partial tear in my Achilles. So there was a lot of fluid in the back of my ankle. So after talking to my surgeon, um, we decided like the only way to do it is to like, I have an trigonum, which was the extra bone, is to remove the trigonum, shave down my heel uh, to take the pressure off the Achilles because again, like this was supposed to be my season. I was like, I want to be able to play. He's like, you should be good to go by December. I get the surgery. Um, My first ever surgery was very nervous. I don't like being not in control of my body. So I was very nervous about anesthesia. I was fine. Um, My parents were, came down for the surgery, were so supportive. I stayed at like a teammate's um apartment while I was recovering, like just super thankful for all that. The surgery went well. Um, And then I started my recovery. And again, like, I'm, I'm pretty type A. So I was like, I'm gonna just do this recovery the best I can. So I start going to PT, shout out True sports, unbelievable people. I'm going to uh, my athletic trainer, Sarah, who again, unbelievable, staying in contact with my coaches who are the most supportive people I've ever met in my entire life, like just unbelievable my head coach was just checking in on me making sure I'm doing well like whatever I had to do I had to do like I can't even express how thankful I am for it um but mentally it was very tough we can get into that later um and then towards December I'm not healing right I'm supposed to be walking and running at that point um like I'm in so much pain and the PA surgeon at the time was talking to me and she's like you just need to push through the pain like you just need to like run and get this through and I'm like something's Uh, not right like I have a very very high pain tolerance like something's not right um so I went home in December and seven days a week was working out with my strength coach from home shout out Dwayne Johnson not the rock he's the mountain we call him um helping me like 24 7 I'm going to PT four days a week like I'm doing the damn thing still not getting better I'm at that point I'm looking at my parents I'm like is there something neurologically wrong with me and the PTs that I've been going to were like we think you should get a nerve test just to check this out like it looks like you might have like a little bit of a flutter so I went I'm from Long Island I went York City um got a nerve test which is they stick needles into you and shock your foot um I believe it's an EMG um, I got a full concussion workup just to make sure like my concussions had nothing to do with it. Cause I've had three concussions. Um, and it comes back all normal. And that doctor I'd went to, she, again, was amazing um, at this hospital I was at. And she said, I think you have something called CRPS. And I was like, what is that? You're it like, English, like please. R yeah i'm like that sounds like cpr i'm also pre-med and like i want to be an orthopedic surgeon so like i'm not again not a doctor but like i'm I'm a nerd in that aspect i read some a lot of PubMed stuff and like you know trying to get all that and i'm like i have no idea what that is um so she's like go back to hopkins they have really good um pain management and like see what you can figure out there i'm like i don't know what this is um so i go back to school and i'm in i start like it's just like i'm in pain um and I'm seeing the team doctors like just nothing's working I'm getting shots they're like you definitely have complex regional pain syndrome I'm in denial about it saying I'm making it up and I'm trying to wrap this up because we can go more in a second but like basically long story short running back and forth to doctors I go back to my surgeon like twice I'm like can you take an MRI of my ankle he's like no um you you, like I think you do have complex regional pain syndrome you just need to go to a doctor I'm like did I have this before surgery? He's like, no. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) Um, And then towards the end of April and May, I was on um, medicines, not SSRIs, but SNIs. So they are um, the medications that came out before SSRIs and they um, tend to have more side effects to my understanding. So I was on those and like it was supposed to combat like my pain and anxiety because we'll go into regional pain syndrome in a second, but it's chronic pain and like I will get zapping and stabbing in my foot at random times. And I like am sensitive to fabrics. We'll go into it in a second, but like it was crazy. Um so I'm just not myself. Like, I feel like I'm out of my body. I'm, like, so anxious. And, like, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 20. It's a whole other story. Um, So, I mean, like, I've always been a little anxious, but, like, this was, like, out of control. I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, having panic attacks. I hadn't had panic attacks since high school. Um, And when my team went to, again, my t- coaches throughout all of this they're like take what you need like take some time off like come to what you can come to we can also talk about that support and later but like just unbelievable but anyway when we were at um Syracuse this um past May for the NCAAs I actually wasn't there um I had to make the decision to go home to my family because I was not okay um I ended up going through withdrawal from the medicines um which was super scary. Um, And my family was super supportive and helped me out with that. But found out I was having panic attacks, actually 24 seven, I was in a constant panic attack from these medicines, and I had no idea. Um, So once my parents kind of saw like, how bad it was, they were like, we are figuring this out. So this summer, I worked at a hospital, and I was a patient at this hospital. And it was also like the most unbelievable experience of my entire life. Like my job was. My coworkers, my boss, like just such amazing, smart, intelligent people, and then the care I got was also incredible. Um, so long story short, I went to one pain management person. They wanted me to get a spinal cord stimulator in my back, um, which I wouldn't be able to drive, um, if it was on. I can't go through airport security. There are a lot of like, um complications with it it can happen but if anyone has one like again like I'm not a doctor I just like did my research and felt that this wasn't best for my life the doctor was kind of set on only doing that so I was like I'm gonna take a different avenue um I hurt my ankle in sophomore year of high school and went to a doctor so my mom and I decided to go back and my dad decided to go back to him kind of see his opinion finally got an MRI of my ankle um I have calcifications and tendinitis in my ankle but that's pretty normal and like something you work through so after that he was like you have CRPS, like, this is, like, you definitely have it. I'm referring you to this pain management guy. And this pain management doctor has been unbelievable. Um, He's just been so sincere and genuine in all of this. Um, He's got me on good medicines now. Um, He, I did three sympathetic nerve blocker procedures. Um, So long story short, it's, like, getting an epidural, but it's not an epidural. Um, In my back, I go into, like, a surgical room, but I'm awake um, and they put it in my back to like reset my sympathetic nervous system. Um, I've gotten piriformis injections. I've gotten cervical nerve injections. I've gotten SI injections um, throughout this whole process, not just with him, but with other doctors. Um, and now like starting this year, I was super nervous to come back to school. I was like, this is super scary. Um, all this had happened. Um, and I was nervous, but I'd been finally started going to therapy this summer talking to someone about my foot getting the support from my parents, my teammates, my coaches, um, and I'm kind of at this point now, and I am doing so much better. I feel like I have tools and resources and all of that, and again, I'm leaving so much out, but I could talk about this for days, but that's like the Spark Notes version.
0: We're going to take a quick break and I'll get back to Hannah momentarily. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's message was founded in 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who was a beloved sister, daughter, and fiercely loyal friend. Through amplifying stories and resources, Morgan's message is taking a shot at mental health. Our mission is simple eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health and the student athlete community and open up peer-to-peer conversations to find out more to get involved or just follow along you can head to morgan's message on instagram or head to morgansmessage.org with that let's get back to hannah thing I'm gonna say is I'm glad that you advocated for yourself because I think that like you know your body best and you know when something is like a like post-surgery pain is interesting because some of it is just like an uncomfortable your muscles are trying to get back in the swing of the and it's like sore but then there's actual like pain. And I know in my experience, I look back and I'm so grateful that I was, like, very much outspoken of, like, this doesn't feel right. Like, I know you're doing these tests and I know you're saying these things, but, like, something's not right, you know? And, like, it it can be really hard to go up against multiple, multiple people who are like, no, like, we think it's this or we think it's this. And I think it's really scary when you can't, like, I don't know when you don't feel like you're heard but also I think what people and I would equate it to mental health it's like almost like invisible like I think once people do the surgery and they do the thing they're like PT and you're good you're good no we're not gonna do that like you're fine and it's like no like something you can't see it but like I can feel it and like I know my body and I know something is wrong and I think chronic pain is one of the most debilitating things in the world and it like leads to i mean again not a doctor so like i don't know the stats on this but just from like my own experience of being in chronic pain like anxiety depression like literally like i can't live life like this like i'm 20 years old and here i am not even able to like get out of bed without like wincing or take a shower or do things that like any normal person should be like entitled to, you know, ent- like able-bodied person should be entitled to do, and I think that is such. And you've been through it for like a year and a half year, like that's crazy. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you kind of prepped for the initial surgery and like how you went in with your mindset and kind of the work you did around keeping a positive mindset because I'm such a firm believer that the way you go into something impacts the way you come out of it and like Mm -hmm. not just in my own experience but I've seen a lot of friends who have gone in like very negative of like this isn't gonna work this isn't gonna do this or whatever and they have long recovery periods and people who are like okay this is the step forward like I feel like I've taken five steps back this is my first one forward and then after that it's Going to be, you know, a hard ride road, but like ultimately, the journey is going to take me to where I need to be at the end. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that?
1: No, definitely I can. Um, so again, I was nervous to get my first surgery. Like I was scared. Um, but I tried to be prepared for it. So. The first thing I did was, now I'm in Morgan's Message, this club had just been, I'm doing Morgan Message the whole year I'm going through this, which was, again, ironic, but I'm so thankful for it. Um, so I talked to people who had had injuries, had gotten surgery, and been like, what did you need? Like, what did you get? And I made a list. And before my surgery, I ordered everything. So instead of like being in my bed, like Amazoning things as I go, I had my scooter ready. I had the pad for my scooter. So my knee wasn't hurting. I had the pads for my crutches. I had ice packs for my knee. I had something to elevate it. And I know it's like, again, like that can be a financial burden at times. So then after I had all my stuff, I gave it to people throughout the year who also got surgery. So I'd be in the library and saw someone on my scooter. I saw someone with my crutches pads. I saw someone with, my um elevated thing I saw um again all these things so, like that helps so if you are financially not able to do that like talk to your athletic trainers like talk to your friends see if you can borrow stuff like I'm sure you can but I was just lucky again in that situation that I was able to purchase it um I set up my room that like my fridge was by me I made sure I had a path to the bathroom I made sure I had a journal I knew like mentally this was going to be tough for me I tried to figure out ways to make sure I was, um, going to be able to stay afloat. I made sure my parents were with me. So my dad, um, like my mom had to go back and work, but my dad was able to stay with me for like two days, three days after my surgery, which was huge. Cause again, like living in college, like you don't want all that to fall into your roommates. I mean, my roommates were unbelievable throughout this, like unbelievable. Took me to the ER once when I had something going on too, like just unbelievable. Um, but like having that support system, my teammates got me like a basket of stuff that they had dropped off when I got my, after I got my surgery, which had like a blanket and a journal and like snacks. Um, people came and visited me. Like I made sure I got outside, like getting outside is huge. And I dealt with depression throughout that, um, past year because of the complex regional pain syndrome. I couldn't get out of bed in like April, May, um, April, May, which was like, not like me and extremely scary to me, um. So like, just, I think having a plan as best you can before you go into surgery. So like when things come up, you have your tools to deal with it best you can is
0: huge. I love that. I love that you did it like ahead of time. So you didn't even have to think about kind of setting yourself up for success. Um,
1: physically, Sorry to like say this, but like the more physically fit you can be before you go into surgery, I'm not a doctor, but to my understanding, the more physically fit you are when you go into surgery. And when you come out of it, it's like it can definitely help you. So like totally. I was still doing my arm stuff. I was still like doing my like mobility and stuff that I could do. So stuff like that. Yeah. No, that
0: makes total sense. Um when and I know you kind of gave us a synopsis, but like when can you really remember this process taking a toll on your mental health? Like, is there a specific moment as you look back that you're like, that was the turning point where I really was like, things aren't good, like either anxiety, panic attacks, like, can you kind of pinpoint that and Mm -hmm. chat about it? Yep. So
1: February of 2023 is when I was in school. I was on the sideline. I was taking physics. (laughs) I couldn't go to class. I started getting depressed. Um, I couldn't go out and do things with my friends um it was confusing to people too because one day they're seeing me fine the next day they're seeing me like not able to do stuff and they're like not being mean but they're like what what's going on with you like why are you like all of a sudden fine or not um and then slowly in february i tried to cu- i tried to come back then i tried to play and practice so like i started running i started pushing through the pain i started lifting april um i just tried to like play and practice fully i tried we went and um traveled to a game. And that was the turning point Um, because we had a flight back the next day at 5am. So I was on no sleep. I was in pain, not in my comfort zone. And from there, and I'd been trying to play and practice, everything just went rock bottom. Couldn't get out of bed. was out of my body all the time. My friends would have to come and like check on me. Um, I was having horrible side effects from the medications, calling my parents, crying, like, again like going to my um going to our sports psychologist talking to my coaches and my, like they're being unbelievable like unbelievable people but like I I was having battles with myself like everyone thinks I'm faking it no one believes me um I'm never gonna get better this is like gonna be my life now I like am not gonna graduate and be a doctor like I'm never gonna play lacrosse again I'm not an athlete anymore I'm not on my t- I'm basically not on my team anymore like I had a a crisis. Um, The biggest biggest turning point was I woke up um, in the beginning of May at 3 a.m. because my sleep was horrendous. I couldn't fall asleep um, at at all because I was just in so much pain. Sheets and like textures can really affect CRPS. Um, So like my comforter, my sheets, like I could not sleep, but I woke up at 3 a.m. and had one of the worst panic attacks in my life. Like I was just like not myself. I felt like I had taken on a different being. I like ended up journaling what I was feeling in that mo- moment. And I was so, I don't wanna say manic because again, that's like a term used for certain mental health um, things. But uh, I was manic at that moment. My handwriting literally changed while I was writing. It's like looking back at that journal entry, it's definitely very interesting, but I called my parents and my dad answered. I was a complete mess. And from that point, that's when it was at its worst I couldn't get out of bed my team again like they were being as supportive as I could but they're like what is going on with you because I wasn't telling anyone what was going on I was trying to handle it like my roommates knew but like again it put a lot on them because they were trying to like again be college students and they're like is my roommate okay like my parents like didn't know what was going on my coaches were like take some time off but then like I didn't want to take time off um so that's when it like really got bad and I have a very like specific moment of like my team's in Syracuse. I'm at school trying to study for my finals and I ended up getting my finals pushed back like after this to like in June, I found resources at Hopkins that like helped me. Like they've been very helpful with this. Um, But I was walking to go get food and it was raining and like, I was n- just not in the program. I don't want to say hi, but like I was high and I couldn't get out of it. I was in like a high state and just like shaking I'm walking to get this food in the rain and I call my parents and I'm like, I'm booking an Amtrak ticket. I'm coming home right now. I'm stopping taking these medicines. Don't do that. Always talk to your doctor, but I stopped at cold turkey. Do not do that. Talk to your doctors. Don't do that. But I did it. And that was rock bottom, having a panic attack on my living room floor with my parents. And they were like, oh, my God, this is not good. Um, And from there, that was the turning point to now where I am. And I'm so much better. And Noah Khan has a song. I don't know if anyone listens to Noah Kahn. He's like my favorite artist, but he's like, all lights turned off can be turned back on. And like, my lights were off. And like, at that moment, it turned back on, like the light bulb changed, like I was on the road of recovery. And I also have all these quotes now that I can definitely share with you that like have gotten me through this. But like one of them's, you're doing the best you can with what you have. Today's another day to try again. You got this. Um when I was in COVID my sophomore year, I got put into like a COVID um isolation room and I had some stuff going on with my family at that time. And I came up with the quote, like, I'm not gonna fold to the life to the cards life's dealt me. Uh, because my dad's always like, You gotta call spade to spade. So I was like, I'm not gonna fold to the cards life dealt me. So like again, like these tools, those definitely were but those were my turning points for sure.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. I I feel like the medication piece, like, really, I find it very interesting, and I think, like, also as a, as a, like, woman with, like, birth control, especially in your hormones, like, we don't, I feel like I've never really had an experience where I totally have understood or been educated on all of the side effects that can come with certain medications. Um, Like, I feel like when you're young, you're trained to, like, trust certain types of people, right? Like, your doctor knows best. Um, Your teacher's in charge, like, people of authority, and-, and you don't necessarily know what questions to ask because you just, like, kind of bl- blindly trust them. And I think when it comes to medications, again, disclaimer, like, not a doctor, just, like, my experience, but, like, I think, like, birth control is one. Like, for me, my hormones, like, I was, I got off a of- Probably TMI, but I ended up like getting off of birth control a few years ago because I was like, I think this is like part of what's causing me to feel the way I'm feeling. And like getting off was hard, (laughs) but like once I kind of worked on like regulating my hormones and like meeting with specialists, like it got me in a good place. I think it's similar to like the medication you were probably on, was like everyone's body is different. And the way medications react to people's bodies is not the same. And I don't think that that's like widely known, really like widely like sat down, communicated like eye to eye. Like if you're feeling a certain way, you need to reach out because we need to get you on something else. It's almost like, take this, it'll like help. Um, And like, you know, again, like going cold turkey is usually like recommended against, but also (laughs) like, yeah, but also like you know your body best, you know, Mm -hmm. like you know when things are just like, no, this isn't me, like what's happening. Um, I'd love for you to chat about, like, some of the tools, like, I know you mentioned journaling, but, like, what other, because this is still kind of fresh, like, what other tools and tricks are, have you done, and are you continuing to use today on your journey of healing?
1: Yeah, so I can get into that. Um, also, just, like, I'm pretty much an open book with, like, all of this. I mean, I'm sharing stuff right now that I usually haven't really shared with anyone, but. I'm happy to like use my story to help others, but like I'm on medication for my ADHD. I'm on medication right now for my anxiety. I'm on a very like strict, um, vitamin regimen. And I know like, and I'm on birth control. Like those are the things that I know work best for my body, but just because that works best for my body. And I now know that that doesn't mean the next person that's going to work. And I Mm -hmm. think trust itself is a huge thing. Um, but then going into like what's helped me now. Um, so i like, can't, be alone sometimes with my thoughts so podcasts have been huge so i like have two podcasts that i listen to all the time and the way i found mental matchup i was coming back home from a game and i felt so alone and i'm like searching up podcasts of like um how to like deal with pain like people with similar pain experiences and someone um i mutually knew had come on the mental matchup and i listened to their episode and i was like wow other people feel like that that's unbelievable so podcasts have been huge so like kind of distract your brain like you can listen to them in the shower you can listen to them while you're in the car you can listen to them um like whenever making food um so that's been huge music's been huge for me too like uh, listening to lyrics like again like Noah Khan's my favorite artist but love, I love, love him so much Save. I'm going to see him in two weeks again <laughs> I'm like so excited but like he's been honestly so helpful like I uh, and he again like he's a huge mental health person so like love him um having, like, a support team and identifying, like, m- when you can call them and when you can't. Um, I have a recovery bin in my room, so I have, like, stim, I have um, a roller, I have heat, I have, like, um, all different things in this bin that I use, um, knowing what sets off my pain. Like the other day to my roommate, I was like, I need to go to get a blanket from upstairs. The couch fabric is setting off my foot. Um, my roommate and I named my foot Clyde. So I was like, I need to go deal with Clyde. Cause also the one thing I learned is like, you need to, one of the doctors was like, talk to your foot. Like it's not your foot. Like it's a person or like a thing and be like, stop doing that. And like, I'll literally do that in like my house. I'd be like, stop doing that. Another thing is like, I don't walk barefoot. Like I have slides in my house. That's huge. If anyone like is dealing with a lot of pain, Um, being open and vulnerable with your coaching staff, like if you feel comfortable to like, if I hadn't had their support throughout this, like, I don't know where I'd be. And Tim, my head coach, one of the things he always says, which is like, unbelievable to hear from him is like, your day-to-day 100% is going to look extremely different. Like one day, like it might be 100%, but other days like your 100% like might be 45. And he says this, like when you go to practice, if you can give us that 45%, like that's huge. So like him being able to like, be a human and understand that along with my other coaches, like unbelievable. Um, breathing techniques have been huge. Cause I'm in chronic pain all the time. Like I will put my hands over my head. I learned this from Key three, six, five, which we did with Morgan's message, um, putting your hands over your head and breathing huge. Um, I can go into even more detail if you want more stuff, but like, those are definitely a few.
0: Um, no, those are amazing. I, I love all of them. Um, we are coming up on time. So I'd love to ask some closing questions. And my first one is, what's one thing you wish everyone knew about mental health? Um,
1: Just because someone seems fine doesn't mean they are. And checking in on people, you have no idea how much that means to you. Um, The other day I broke down my team before we started practice and I said to them, you have the power to influence how your day is going to go. Like you don't have the choice of like something going wrong that day or like having outside influences affect your day, but you can influence how it's going to go, which I think is huge. Um, and then you have the power to bring someone along. You have the power to tell someone you're doing a job, good job. So like, I think that's extremely important with mental health. Also, if you, when you're
0: ready to be open about it. Those are all such such great things. Um, Second question. What's one piece of advice you wish you could tell yourself knowing what you know now? Trust your body
1: and you're not making it up. I was so convinced and this sounds so crazy. I was so convinced I was doing that. Like I was making it up and that like I just wanted myself to be in pain for attention and like if you know me that's not who I am like at all but like I
0: was a little delusional a little delulu if you felt um, little Delulu. but like I just I trust your body trust your body like trust
1: your body, like, trust you your body. and if you don't if someone doesn't trust you find someone else
0: I think that's the biggest thing so true um and my last one and my favorite one what are you most grateful for I'm grateful
1: that life is long. That's the quote that my grandfather says, life is long. This is my experience right now. And I have so many tools in my toolbox now from it that I can use throughout my entire life. Very tiny thing. But this summer, part of my job was interviewing people in chronic pain. And if I didn't have this experience, I would never be able to empathize with those people. And now that life is long, I have all these incredible people in my life, this incredible 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 school that I'm so grateful for that I'm excited to see where it takes me and
0: all the lights can be turned on all the lights can be turned back on Hannah I love chatting with you and I am so grateful to have had the time not only on like one this one conversation but also your prior um I just I feel like you you've seen a lot you've been through a lot and you I don't know if like why I feel like a grandpa being like you're wise beyond your years but I do feel like you have been able to go through things and like have this perspective that's really hard to have especially so close to you know a really tough moment really tough few moments few months and like still going through it Mm -hmm. um so I will be forever grateful that you trusted the mental matchup with your story
1: Oh, thank you guys I'm so fortunate for you and if anyone listening to this like please reach out I mean don't come to me necessarily for medical advice or like uh therapist advice but if you need like anything just someone to talk to like I'm here other people are here like you're really not alone this organization is unbelievable so I just can't tell you guys how grateful I am for all of you like you're unbelievable
0: Another huge shout out to Hannah for not only being an incredible human but being an incredible guest and really opening up about so many topics that are very sensitive and still I would say like very recent, very raw and her ability to self-reflect on all the things she's gone through and kind of talk about what's been helping her as she's still I mean she'll forever be in this like journey right of healing but this recent journey of healing and figuring out and getting the right support system, and how do you f- figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you? I am just so, so, so grateful to have had her on the mental matchup. And not just that, but to have her as an advocate for mental health on her campus at Johns Hopkins, helping, you know, lead with her other co ambassadors, the Morgan's Message group. And I'm, I'm now also very lucky to call her a friend. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you listened and you thought, wow, I want to share my story, I have an experience that I think could be really powerful, um, whether it be on the podcast, on our stories, please, please, please reach out. You can head to morgansmessage.org um, or you can send an email to submission at morgansmessage. And last but not least, thank you so much to Morgan's message for presenting the podcast, for just supporting s- such an amazing cause, and and for all the work that you know we're doing, not just in what I call podcast land and the mental matchup, but even beyond with our ambassador program and our at large ambassador program. It's it's really incredible to see the amazing community that we've been able to build. If you're Interested in getting involved and learning more or just following along, you can head to morgansmessage.org or follow on Morgan's at Morgan's Message on Instagram. With that, I will see you next episode.